Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to this latest edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Vice. We are at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Paul is on the other side over there. And in the middle, who else would we have here when we're at Laguna Seca but Kenny Roberts himself? Kenny Roberts Sr. Obviously. (laughs) Three-time world. Yeah, I didn't mean it that way. You must have a good camera. (laughs) You're in focus. Uh, Three-time world 500cc champion and... uh, he was back on a on a bike this weekend that some people we made a point of the fact that that uh, last weekend right yeah um, we made a point of the fact that Wayne obviously was racing his 1992 YZR500 that Kenny had a little bit to do with and I had mentioned in one of our social media posts that Kenny was on his bike and I guess people thought it was going to be one of the, the 78 to 80 one of those bikes I'm like no it's his bike he was on mm. he was on uh, a Proton. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but, uh, Kenny, thanks for being on with us. Um, quite an experience over there. It always is. It's, uh, it's an event like no other that we do, uh, by far the classiest thing that we do. Yeah. They actually got you in a suit. That was, well, (laughs) seeing you in a tux, when was the last time you had a tux on? The problem with my tux is I had two or three of them because I had two or three houses at one time (laughs) and I got them all mixed up. So the, some pants don't go with the others a little little suit inside, you know, it's, it's, so you never know what I'm going to show up with. <laughs> the, Luckily, nobody gives a, 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 a darn anyway. So, you know, usually everybody's so drunk on champagne at that point, nobody cares. <laughs> so for those who don't know, that was the part of the whole thing is they had a, a black tie affair that they went to. And, um, Kenny's wife, Tomo was there, looked beautiful in her outfit and, and everybody was wearing black tie. But before that, these guys were out on the, the hill climb section and you raced in a time period where a lot of there were a lot of hay bales around the tracks. Have you seen ever seen a track with that many hay bales around it? Oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, that was they were like six feet high. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how bales. they used to do it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, when you you talk about uh, one of the racetracks we did, uh, Spa, it was about five six miles long and it had hay bales everywhere. It had guardrail everywhere. Um, the one in Germany, uh, Newburgring. 14 miles long, had hay bales everywhere, had to cover the guardrail. Wow. Now, you're not the most emotional guy. You weren't before, but I noticed that you are a lot more now that we get older, you know? How, what was that like to watch Wayne Rainey ride a motorcycle again, 500 GP bike, all those people? I mean, I, I got goosebumps watching it, and I was here watching it on the yeah. video clips, so I can imagine what it must have been like for you. Well, it started in Japan when when Wayne... And, and and emotions is a, a thing that, yeah, not very emotional, but you don't know when the emotion's going to hit you. And uh, all the way through getting him in Japan and getting the R1, all that stuff, and getting him, you know. Oh, yeah, this is a good deal, yeah. Yeah. So the minute he took off on the bike, I never thought about it. But, like, tears come to my eyes. Wow. The minute he took off. And it was like, it was strange. And I was, me and Shay were looking at each other like, you know, I mean, it just, it's just something that happens and, and you, you can't say I'm, I'm not no, emotional. I don't know why you said that. <laughs> and, uh, but to Young watch him on a 500 Grand Prix bike, uh, was, it, it's just something that you, I have trouble describing it because I can't, 
I mean, there's not, I graduated fifth grade twice. I don't really understand why I can't, <laughs> but I can't, the words can't come out that what I saw Wayne do one time, because the bikes, you know, these bikes are, are really high strung. They're not made to ride around in a pit area. And so, but that's what has to happen to do this event. And one time it cleaned out because Wayne was trying to get uh -huh. it to clean out and it cleaned out and did a, a wheelie and I almost shit my pants. <laughs> and I, and I know he was like, oh, what happened? These things are, I mean, they're just not made to do this. Right. And, and to see him do that, uh, riding with uh, Kevin Swanson and of course Duran, um, it was, uh, it was just a trip every time we went up the mountain. You did like two a day for like three days, and then you had the the pre run on like Thursday or something. You went about six or seven times, didn't you? Yeah, and I made it every time. Yeah, I, the greatest line. The, but the, <laughs> Sorry, one of the problem was after the start finish line, me doing and Swans, we'd all take off to clean the bikes out. In the right. Way. And the last time that Wayne went up the hill, we all stopped, and there's no Wayne. And it's like, wait a minute. What have we done? <laughs> Everybody's scurrying around and, and trying to find out what happened. And Dewan actually ran down the hill to see if he could see him. And the bike quit. And uh, and I said, look, I know he didn't crash. So, And he's smart enough to pull over the hay bales and lean up against the hay Which bales. is what he did, right? Which is exactly what he did. Yeah. Know? So that was uh, it was pretty hectic there for about two and a half minutes. Yeah, he told us about that the other day. Uh, what I was going to say is, the funniest thing for me is right after that, that first run that you guys did, they talked to Wayne a little bit, then he came over and talked to you. And the first thing you said is, if I had another lap, I would have beat him. <laughs> like completely straight face. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, like I said, you can't describe it. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it almost like the last 30 years has just disappeared. They weren't, they weren't there. Matter of fact, at Thursday, it was like really cautious and, trying to cover all the bases for the for the little shit. And then <laughs> by the end of Saturday, it's like, come on, hurry up. Right. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. So it, it, it really was 30 years just like disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. And the comfort level got better every day. Sure. I know we had him out. A couple of us were out there that first day when he actually rode at Button Willow. And I was like, scared yeah because you know we yeah, we're, we're standing there we're not out with him and there he goes off and, and you're just like if something happens what do <laughs> we do but it, that's right it worked out well but and it's kind of cool to get he's got to do it two more times yeah but well, the last one was definitely special with that yeah. bike well that bike is special in itself and then of course wayne sitting on it with with the old marlboro leathers it's kind of cool yeah, it was very cool. So that that was the 92, uh, 92 YZR 500. I won't do the OW because you know I know it, but I'm well, not going to. I know. I'm you know gonna, every single thing that's ever happened at Yamaha. I'm not going to say the <laughs> I don't OW. Know. You wouldn't know if he would. <laughs> um, I just looked for my number and that's the one I ride. <laughs> that's right. That bike, though, uh, it was was it in Japan and they pulled it out of the museum. Is that is that correct? Yes. Okay. And they obviously had to do some things to it. Um, and They, they, they had, went through the bike and they were surprised it was in such good condition. It's what they told Wayne. So, um, you know, there's not much to these things. They're very complicated and very precise, but there's not like the four strokes. You know, it's there's not a whole lot of moving parts. And right. And it, again, the problem is that they they don't. We're used to riding them when they're tuned and on a racetrack. And when you're riding around in the pit, it ain't tuned and it ain't on a 
racetrack, so they're real hard to ride. Mm. And they're so rich, they won't run. A lot of times they die on you. So that's what I was worried about is the thing being so rich. And it was that it would die on him. And then, you know, when it, when it dies on you, you're done. Yeah. So we made it. Let's talk about your bike a little bit, the Proton that you rode. Um, which... It's a lot better bike. <laughs> what, what's the iteration, though? The, you had a Mudinus to start with, which that was a, that was a true, true stroke you rode. Yes. Okay. V3? Yes. V3. Um, was it similar to the Modinus that was before it? Yes. Okay. There, are, there was three generations of that motorcycle. First generation had two cylinders down below, one up. The next generation, two up, one one down, and then it just kept getting smaller and, mm. and better. And where was that bike before you rode it? That bike was in New Zealand a week before I rode it. Wow. Wow. It was the one that Jeremy McWilliams set, well, the last two-stroke to set on the pole position for a Grand Prix. It was in Phillip wow. Island. So it it's a special bike. Yeah. Can you believe that old guy still races with us? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> He's he wants not. me to give him the trophy. Oh, okay. So, oh, that'll be perfect. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I got a trophy girl outfit, so. <laughs> no, he's I, a special I guy. Hope I don't have to wear it. <laughs> You know, that's a good question to ask you. How did it come yeah. about that you had Jeremy ride your, ride your bike? Whose idea was it? Was it yours? Was it Chuck's? We I mean, didn't have any money. Okay. And, and <laughs> so Jeremy's the right guy. Let's get Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy was the, 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 the guy to put on it. You know, he had to ride it kind of like a big 250. Mm -hmm. And he, he did well. I mean, he did well on it. Uh, and, and let's face it, you know, with the budget we had, you couldn't even buy a uh, a Honda rider. So, you know, Jeremy come along at the right time. Mm. And I mean, to see him out there now, and he's still doing so much development with, he's working with KTM and developing that Duke. And he didn't ride, ride in the hooligan class at Daytona, but he want, he wanted to, because he, that's kind of the bike that he's helped develop. So um, he's still very involved and is doing a lot of stuff. I saw a thing on social media the other day. He was doing trials with a couple people too. So yeah, he um, likes motorcycles. He likes motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, it's in his blood. Yeah. Do you do you still ride? Yeah, of course. I rode a week ago. Is that a dumb question or what? <laughs> it is a dumb question. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Is well, for I'm, I'm, that's my job. Paul knows that. That's what it's all about. You're um, good at it. No. <laughs> But, but I mean, what are, are you, I know you've got a super Tenere out there today that you're riding and, and is it, do you mostly ride on the road, on the road? You did some off-road a few years ago. I know you broke your wrist at one point. Um, do you still ride off-road very much? No. Okay. Not, not a lot. Mm -hmm. I can still ride off-road, but, uh, no, I don't have enough time to, to, uh, to really do it uh, the way I would want to do it. Right. My brain thinks I can still do it. My body says no, no way. Right. Well, that's the thing. Inside your mind, you're not your age, are you? I don't know. I don't know what age is. <laughs> well, but you, exactly. But I mean, you. You can hardly remember my name. <laughs> but but the idea. I just try not to pee my pants on the thing. <laughs> yeah, but the idea that you uh, said it was 30 years, like went away with Wayne. It felt like, you know, it felt like it wasn't that long ago, right? No, mentally it's not. I mean, it's that's the weird thing about getting old and crepid. You know, you don't really think you are right, and and but you know you are right. It's convincing yourself that you're not. I mean, when when I raced, I was, I was, I spent all my time uh, convincing myself I was going slow, 
uh, are not fast because that's what you have to do. Because if if you if you're a racer and you think you're going too fast, it, it, you're done. So it, it, you, I spend all my life trying to, or half my life trying to slow everything down where I could process it all and not think that it's too fast. And I think that that's the way my mind worked when I was young, working with the, his dad. Uh, it, it was processing a whole bunch of stuff, and and I don't and I don't know why, but I just did. And it's still doing it, unfortunately. Right. Sometimes. Speaking like of that, <clears throat> what was when you look back on on your racing career? Was what what's the part that you look back on fondly? Well, what, which part did you like the most? Was it the dirt tracking here, or was it going to, to Europe? I think dirt tracking here and and under, trying to understand because I was not comfortable road racing. Uh, I raced with, with your dad and, uh, and he set up the bikes and I just rode it and I, but I was always uncomfortable, uh, riding it. And although I was going as fast as anybody, except probably your dad at that time. And, and I, but I felt, man, there's more, there's something else here that I'm missing. And I did a race with your dad. It was a hundred mile 250 race in Ontario. And I was 60, I think. I don't think I was quite number one yet. And uh, I, I'm in the winter circle. Your dad beat me because he had a different six gear than I did. Cheater. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> and he beat me the line. And But we raced the whole race. I mean, we were never more than a, you know, a bike link apart. And his front tire is completely bald. And mine's half new. And I'm looking at it going, wait a minute. We had the same tire, same bike. So I go to the back of the bike. And my rear tire is bald. There's no tread on it. His is half wore out and i and that that's when it's i started to put together what there's a big difference here what is the difference and that's when i started really to enjoy riding a road racer because i could ride a road racer with my knee on the ground and and be out of control in control and that's when i really started having fun and before that i didn't want to even look at a road racer they they weren't fun uh they weren't dirt track so that's when it really started to have fun. And then, of course, going to Europe. I didn't want to go to Europe. Nobody wanted to go to Europe. They <laughs> barely had a McDonald's in Europe. So that and, and the whole thing came around. I had to. And when I had to and I did it, then that became a big deal. I still say the dirt track racing is the funnest and, and probably the best race. One of the best I did was the Indy Mile, of course, in 75. Um, that and, and the rest of it's just like... I had to do it, and and it was it was fun beating all the Europeans. Though that was a right, great. that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun beating Barry Sheen. Yeah, because he drove around in Rolls Royce, and I I had a motorhome with with two kids and a wife, so it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a little different. <laughs> Speaking about Paul's dad, what, you guys were competitors against each other for a while, and then he became your crew chief. What was what was the transition like from? You trying to beat him, you beating him or whatever, however it went, to then he he kind of stopped racing and, and worked to try to move your career forward. And he was probably doing it when he was racing too. But, you know, what was that like? Was that a weird transition? You could talk to him because he was a racer probably, right? Well, you know, in, in America, we raced and it was no big deal if he beat me or, or I beat him. It, was, it wasn't a big deal. We're all trying to, to make a living. Um, 
And then when the 700s came out, he decided that bike was not for him. And he, and he was right. It, it, it was a, it was a different animal than, than anybody had ever been used to uh, here in the States. And I think that he knew it. His dad's a little smarter than Paul. He actually could figure <laughs> stuff out. And so he said, that's not for me. And, and became the manager of the road racing team in America, not only for me, but for the other Yamaha riders. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of dwindled down to one rider and then just me and Kel. So when it was time for me to go to Europe, as much as he didn't want to go to Europe, uh, I twisted his arm and uh, we went to Europe. And and it was because that he knew everything about Europe. I mean, my motorhome was not more than a <laughs> 20 feet off his motorhome the whole way around Europe. That way I didn't have to look at a map. You know, I didn't have GPSs and telephones. So uh, it was a whole lot different era. And uh, he smoothed everything out to where I could just get on the motorcycle and ride it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I screwed that up most of the time, but, <laughs> but we did end up winning the, the championship the first time out. So that was, uh, I, I think if we didn't do that, probably wouldn't be here talking to you two guys. So I, it's even d- though you don't know nothing. It's, it's, okay. it's dumb. Well, speaking of which it's dumb question time for me. So yeah. here's one for you. So younger riders, they always tell them be like a sponge, just absorb everything. Anybody tells you, you were, you were a younger rider, not that long ago. Uh, and were you a good student? Could people Probably tell not. you? Okay. No, I think he was. Yeah. I mean, you must've listened to Kel. Oh yeah. Well, the, I listened to Kel until he said, <laughs> when I came in, I'm putting duct tape on my knee and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm hitting my knee on the ground. So I'm going to put this duct tape on. So it doesn't rip my foot off the foot peg. And he goes, no, you're not. And I go, I am. You see what I'm doing? And, uh, he goes, no, no, you don't drag your knee. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and and we had this argument in the pit for about three or four minutes. Like, and he finally just gave up and walked away. And so that was the start of the whole thing. Wow. Changed, changed from that day. The whole road racing, everything changed in road racing. So yeah. I, I learned to the point of listening to Kel to that point. And then, then I had to go on my own and, and try different stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, that's when we kind of, he kind of just worked on the bikes and made them better <laughs> and, uh, or tried to, and I rode them. What do you think of, it's been going on for a few years now, but this dangling out of the fo- the leg thing, not, not really, well, they still drag their knee, but they stick their leg out like an outrigger, put their foot down. Does that seem weird? Well, you know, I mean, we never had that much grip to play with. Right. Um, so the lean angle that they get now is, is is something that we never, probably never achieved. Uh, and if you did, your ass was the next thing that hit the ground. Right. So you didn't have to worry about your leg out. So it, it, there is a time when that happens, like it used to, it, especially Daytona and some of the faster things, the wind would actually take your leg off. But you'd still be stopping. So I don't, I don't really understand the thing because concentrating on the brakes and and the lift that you're you're working with and, and the amount of grip and, and also you're gonna make that that apex. Uh I don't I don't understand the, the thing so much as it you know if 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 I put on the brakes and, and at Daytona, for example, at the two hundred marker and didn't have my knees out, I couldn't stop. Mm. So the knees out actually was a vent like you a know, sail. Just like a wind sail. 
And so there's a little bit of that that you might get your whole leg out, but it also might be able to pull you in to the apex a little quicker. That's the only thing I can figure that it does. Did you ever do it on your Super Tenry? It, my ass would be the next thing on the ground mm. if I did. And he's doing the Wayne Rainey ride tomorrow. You asked him if he rides anymore. That's true. Yeah, you so, are doing that. That's... I just did Colorado 500. Beautiful ride in Colorado. Uh, Wally Dallenbach does it every year for charity. So uh, I've done that two, th- two or three times. Yeah. Is it? This I don't is... get out of the parking lot. I just ride circles for people. <laughs> no figure eight. Now, the bike you're riding, is it? The Super Tenere is an ADV bike, upright bike, good seating position. Is it weird for you to ride a cruiser with your feet in front of you? It's more enjoyable than riding a Grand Prix bike. It's more comfortable? And it's a lot better in the dirt than yeah. Grand Prix bikes. But it it's more comfortable because you're not hunched over the handlebars like on a, you know, super bike. Right. So the, the kind of riding that we do, it, it, there's no advantage to riding a super bike. I just always wondered if the, it's a control thing with having the, your feet forward. It doesn't feel comfortable. But that thing's just the theater and like well, a dirt that, bike position. But I mean, he, I'm saying oh, like he does that for, yeah, like yeah. a Harley or something. Yeah. No, on a road racetrack, you'd want a road racer or a super bike. Uh, but, but for what we do, riding it, we do, we do some off-road stuff too with it. So. Right. Well, when you rode that bolt at the ranch, you, you were getting mm. pretty sideways on that thing. I remember. Few years ago, when when you had the auction going and everything, you had that bike up there. I, I would that, have been more sideways, but I was wearing my Crocs. Really, you were wearing your Crocs. They're not really good for the dirt. They slide off. No Crocs today. No, no. I got my sandals. <laughs> hey, so I I remember seeing photos of you, and sometimes on the YZR five hundred and seventy eight through eighty, you would put like almost like these these little fairings in front of your hands. And I, I think it was probably maybe rain or something. It was trying to keep the cold, the hot, cold air off your, but there had to be some aerodynamics going. Well, on. I had this finger right here <laughs> would freeze with cold. Really? Yeah. So that's how you had to have them out. Both of them. Yeah. It's permanently and that way. So I had to have the rain and the cold. England's always cold. Uh, go around these two fingers. <laughs> but, but what I'm getting at is, so I want to ask you about these, the, the aerodynamics that are going on, these wings that they're putting on the MotoGP bikes. Is that, what do you think about that? I think they're just scratching the surface of what the wind does. Yeah. I mean, there, there were Grand Prix bikes that I rode around here, uh, 500s, and in the, I think it was one year, Yamaha brought the new bike here, and I was like, man, I, this thing does not turn well. And uh, it, into turn one is fifth gear. And I and it it just it it just couldn't go from the white line to the apex the way I thought that the last year's bike did, and so we worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. Come to find out that the it was the fairing that was throwing it off. The the front fairing. Uh huh. Yeah. Because the other thing I wondered this is well, I don't pretty- know if the front or the back, but but the fairing at that time it they they split it up, so they had instead of the air coming through over the front wheel, they had air coming over through the front wheel and then they had two side pods right. on it. And, and because of that, it wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. What I remembered it should do from the year before. That's before I drank and I could remember a year in a 
six months. <clears throat> okay, so that brings up a, a real specific thing that I'm only personally I got to ask this for myself, if not for the fans. If they're, I don't know if they're going to be entertained. Paul's going to laugh. I'm going <laughs> to get made fun of I by Kenny. I hope they're watching. Okay, so the TZ the TZ 750 when it first came out, or it might have been the YZR 750, but at any rate. The tail section was like a little wedge type thing, and your bike, you had a big duck tail on the back of it. Is that something you did to change that bike, and did it have to do with aerodynamics? He doesn't remember. It would have been his dad. Okay, his, so it was something Kel yeah, did. Yeah, it would have been his dad. We, we had different seats. Uh, when they first came out, they were small. Then they got smaller, and then they got bigger. The, the aerodynamics didn't really come into much then. Right. And now they're just kind of figuring out that the aerodynamics makes things work. And like I said, they're just, they're just scratching the surface. Like they never spend any time in a wind tunnel. Right. Right. Yeah. They put, Kyle Wyman put his road glide in a wind tunnel at Wichita <laughs> yeah. State with bags on his side. I spent some time in a wind tunnel in my little three cylinder. And I tell you, it's Did you? freezing oh. in the England in a wind tunnel in the winter. They had to get a wind tunnel guy because I wasn't going to do it anymore. Yeah, it's cold. And they they run like a, bl- a smoke they, through but it? They're only trying to make the thing faster. Right. So one of my three-cylinders, Lotus uh, car company, designed it. And at Barcelona, it would go down the straightaway 10 miles an hour quicker. It wouldn't stop. And so my kid was riding it, so I'm going, no, no, there's something wrong with a, something wrong with a shock. No, no, no! It 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 just won't stop. And uh, come to find out, we could never get it to work. Um, of course, we had to go racing, so we didn't have time to figure it out. But but the bike was actually much quicker down the straighter, but it wouldn't stop. And I had a vague feeling turning it in. Mm-hmm. So th- that's when I knew there was a lot more to the win uh, than just making it go straight down the straightaway faster. So at that time, uh, we didn't have the budget or the manpower or the thing to. To figure it out, but there's, they're putting a dent in it now. Mm-hmm. Not much because it's just m- mostly Japanese, but, but if England or the, the guys that really know the wind tunnels gets a hold of one, you're going to see a lot of changes. When you were ma- doing your bike and you were in Banbury, 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 that part of England is really known for a lot of development and there's a lot of companies there. Is that, is that the reason that you guys were there? I mean, you had industries that you could count no, on to help no, you or? I was a lot smarter than that. I went there because of Formula One technology. Mm-hmm. And a week after I got there, I realized that we couldn't afford Formula <laughs> One technology and I should have been in Italy, but that's the way it goes. Mm. Uh, we already moved in, so nothing I could do about that. But England is a cottage industry. Mm-hmm. You can you can get things done literally right down the street. Uh, it's nothing like America. Uh, and that means America's so big and so, you know, you got to... Be maybe in India you could probably get some of this stuff done. Maybe where they build Harleys, where's that Cheeseheads? Uh, yeah, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yep. Maybe. Uh, other than that, I don't know. England's an incredible place to get stuff done that is not quite aerospace, but a heck of a lot better than automotive. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's. I don't know. Without Formula One, I don't think England would ever made it because they, you know, they made. Uh, shitty bikes for years mm-hmm. bsa for whenever we'll try it <laughs> so i don't know that it ever made it out without formula one but heck lotus and all those companies i mean well harris 
Harris is a good good company. Well, there's a lot of good companies now, but Formula One, I think, pulled them through. Yeah, you know, a lot of them. You know, a lot of the bike companies went broke. Um, now Triumphs, like, they make more models than than I ever thought they would, and so it's a it's a big comeback, I think, when you can take a company and 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 make something better, you know. And so everybody just got used to the old BSA. You had to change the ignition, had to do this, do that, and then it was okay. And and you know the Japanese come along and you could just get on it and ride it. So change the whole industry. A few years ago, I interviewed you and you hinted something towards the end of the interview that you were working on something. And whenever I see you, it feels like you got something you're working on. <laughs> you're always working on something. And I always think you're on the verge of, okay, something's going to be, he's got something that's he's going to have to talk about. And are you working on something? Sure. Okay. I Can told you-, you I was trying to work on not paying my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so. But but I know for a fact uh, you're you're still doing stuff. Of course, I'm building a three cylinder dirt tracker as we speak, uh, and a seven hundred uh, dirt tracker that I'm building into a uh, super T type of bike. But I'm always doing something. I'm going to get in the electric business soon. I'm got a guy in uh Havasu that that is building a little electric I want something I can race in my garage, not worry about the noise and the smoke. Mm. So I'm building one of them soon. What do you think of these electric bikes? Do you think it's not very much. Right. I mean I'm kind of wondering if it's if if we're gonna see it down the road. Oh absolutely. Okay. So it's like two strokes, four oh, strokes yeah. electric bikes. No, it's 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 coming and it's 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 not started yet very much, but it, it will. Yeah. It's going to come. Have you ridden one, a good one? You know, I've ridden some that are impressive. Uh, it, it's funny, the little motocross bikes that, that this guy does in Havasu is, is really bitching. You mm-hmm. just get on it, turn it and go, and it'll run for 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. On, You're on tired anyway. Yeah, you're tired. <laughs> you know, 10 minutes, I'm tired. So, you know, it, it is, and there's no noise. So you can ride it in your backyard. So yeah, it, it is going to, I think it's going to help our industry more than hurt it. Uh, but I've been involved with some of the bigger stuff, but riding a half an hour and then turn around and having to ride back. Uh, I just couldn't see that happening. And, but the people that rode the Harley and, and other electric bikes now just say they're awesome. So mm. it, it's coming. I don't think you're going to stop it by right. being practical and, uh, what are you going to do with the batteries and all that junk? It, it, that's all went over the, no one's going to stop it now. Yeah. What else do you got, Sean? Oh, I've always got some questions. Well, yeah, I need to ask you about Lake Havasu. How, <clears throat> number one, how do you like living there? How far is Eddie away from you? And do you see Eddie very often? Eddie Lawson, I'm talking Eddie about. has a shop that I wanted and I moved in hoping that he would move out <laughs> so I could buy his shop. And then he is stubborn piece of shit stayed. And uh, now I live about three miles from him. We get together quite often. Uh, and he's still Eddie Lawson. You know, we still yell and scream at each other. Uh, and it it's a, it, I needed a place to be warm. And uh, if it's above 80 degrees, you can tell Eddie's in a snowmobile suit. So 
I figured this is a good place for me to live. Yeah. And so we're there and it's 120 now. So yeah, it's the right place to be if you like it warm. Does it, that doesn't bother you to have temperatures like that? No, I stay in house. I have a one of them thing cigar things I sit in and that they pipe air into me. Damn, that's so pretty young. nice. That's why I look it's so like young. a hyperbaric chamber. Uh, that's why I can put up with you guys. Yeah. Hey, so did you get offered to, uh, a lot of money to ride the Alaman? Yeah. I thought so. someone yeah. told me that. They also told me they well, wouldn't Vernon let you. Cooper, <laughs> Vernon Cooper was, uh, I hated him. Uh, he was the guru of the ACU, which is equivalent to AMA. And he came to Daytona in 84 and because I'd retired from Grand Prix. And he, and he, someone came into the my office type of thing where I get dressed and uh, Vernon Cooper's here and he wants to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. And and he was just literally shaking because uh, I don't know what he thought I was going to do then. And uh, he said, I, I, I'm here, you know, as you know, from for the Isle of Man. I go, yeah, well, you're, you're wasting your time. And he says, well, no, I have a check that you need to look at before you say anything. And he says, just, just look at the check. And I go, <laughs> I, I don't need to look at it. I asked my son. He's only six. And I asked him. He said, no, don't do it. <laughs> and he goes, well, just, would you just look at the check? And, and at that time, I was getting 30000 40000 bucks to do a race. To and, do a race. Yeah. So that's why I didn't do many. And, uh, and so I, I didn't look at the check. I said, Bernard, your queen doesn't have enough money for me to do that race. And get out of my sight. And the way he went. But it was a hundred grand. I heard. I have no idea what it was. I'm sure well, it would have had to be at least. I heard 100. it was a hundred grand. Uh, it would have been at least a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> I could have been somebody if I'd have done that race. And I think if you would have gone, you would have gone alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they'd have paid me for doing a hundred and a uh, hundred and fifty kilometers an hour race when they were doing over a hundred miles. So the reason yeah. you didn't want to do the Alaman is because of the obvious. Yeah. The obvious. No, that's when I learned I was drink. I could drink, and uh, <laughs> I I don't think I could remember the course. Uh, so I, you know, for me, at that time, I had to have my knee on the ground, and I still do. I cannot ride my, I can't ride my super T. If my knee doesn't actually on the ground, I'm very uncomfortable riding it. Wow. So it's it's uh, for me to do the Isle of Man and not be able to. Take take the corner the way I thought it should be taken, just wouldn't have worked for me. In '78, I don't think a lot of people know, but you like when you did the Nurburgring, it was what's that, 13 miles around, something like that. Close, 14. 14. So you had to. We we actually went there early, and you had a street bike, and you rode around, which you you could pay and do laps. Anybody can. You could go do it now, yeah. still. I think. Yeah, it was eight bucks. I think at that time. Yeah. So you pay and you do laps, and and you rode that track with the purpose of learning it, so that you could race in a five hundred Grand Prix, which is probably like the week after, yep. right? Mm -hmm. What What was that like when you when you first went out and you started doing that? Were you like, holy crap, I can't do this, or you're like, no, this is no. No, problem. on a street bike, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little RD three fifty, and and that was fun. We had a 400 four stroke and we, me and Sparky, we just took turns. Uh, and it was funny because the closer we got to the week of the race, 
these guys were showing up with with BMWs and and super bikes and and they would all be lined up and they'd be going like this. And I'd go by and I could watch them in the mirror and they'd be jumping on their bikes trying Funny to follow ball. me. Oh, that's and, funny. Yeah, and they would try to follow me uh, for a lap and then I'd go a lap, pay, go another lap and then they'd be back again. So there's a club, you know, and they were all... And they and, probably knew it better than you. Yeah, of course they did. And, uh, but but I learned it. it, it you know, it... it, it I didn't ride it 110% every place I went, but there were some places of the racetrack you could actually ride it 100% and be safe. There were some that you didn't want to do right. that. And, uh, you know, we nicknamed them. It, it, it was uh, go-kart bin. So it had this one section that looked, it was like this, looked like a go-kart track. And they had a one section that had the big right-hander before the carousel, and that was Shithouse Corner because they, they had a big porta potty on the <laughs> Right, so that helped hill. you remember. Yeah, and that's how I remembered it. And and it was just, you know, go-kart straight, yeah, go-kart straight, and then you go through the, the Shithouse Corner, and then it, that's how I remembered it. Hmm. And, you, you know, if, like, meeting Japanese as through my career, if I give them a nickname, I knew right off. Right, but yeah. If I, I can't remember, remember the their name. name, no way. Right. right. Still, still. You can always way. remember shithead. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm dumbass. So you dumbass. Yeah. yeah. You're a dumb you. question guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to bring it back for a minute to, I want, I've asked you this before, but for the viewers, um, who, who's, who's the best writer you ever had, you ever worked with? Wayne. Right. Um, what is he to you? Is he your pain in the ass? Right. <laughs> And is he your, does he feel like a brother, a son, a friend, all of those? We were very good together, you know, even though we had upsets, but we were, we enjoyed each other's company. Right. And, uh, and still do. We enjoyed, sure. And we, we enjoyed uh, spending so much time because at every Grand Prix, uh, they would bring us the videotapes of practice and we, I had a video, uh, editing machine. And so we would just fast forward, slow it down. What's that word? You know, wow. actually. And so, you know, we're spending, I spent personally probably three hours a day in the video room, uh, you know, critiquing way. Cause he wasn't, you know, winning at that time. Mm -hmm. It was just, uh, well, it, people said I was the dumbest racing manager in the world that hired. And so. Uh, I figured, well, I'm, I got my spot down pretty well. <laughs> so uh, we kind of proved him wrong a little bit. Matter of fact, Honda racing people said to his manager, if we don't think Wayne's good enough to go to Europe. So if you can, if he, if he wants to go to Europe, he can go, we'll let him out of the contract. So that's why he went. So 84. You know, Honda's pretty smart. Yeah. They yeah. Fall in your category. Yeah, following the category. 84 with yet Alan Carter and Wayne Rainey. And that was, it was a tough time. We were on 250s and then he came back over here and he raced with Bob McLean for a little bit. But then he went back over with you again. So what did you feel like at the end of that time period of that 250? Did you feel like, oh, we didn't do what we were supposed to do or he's not ready yet? No, it, okay. it, it's simply a matter of money. Okay. Uh, Marlboro pulled the... They, we didn't set the world on fire with 250s. As a matter of fact, I think the only record we set was Wayne passed the pace car 
more than anybody else <laughs> that year because he couldn't start it. And it, and I don't know why nobody knew, but, um, uh, I knew that he didn't lose his talent to ride a motorcycle. Right. You know, we trained every winter. Uh, I, I saw him race America uh, here actually too. So, uh, it was, I, I wanted Wayne back on the motorcycle. Uh, that came to a point where I, I wanted to get younger and, uh, we had Randy Mamola, great racer. Uh, but I wanted to go younger. And so the spot came up and, and Wayne, that's when everybody said I was such an idiot. Um, but I, I, I knew what I wanted to do and, uh, I knew Wayne was capable of doing what I thought he could do. And so we worked, you know, really hard on that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think Wayne, you know, Eddie was a great racer. Uh, that's why, I, you know, Yamaha hired him and, uh, won a lot of championships mm -hmm. we needed just a little bit i wanted to be a little younger and, and 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 that's how it all worked out it was a lot of work uh a lot of work behind the scenes to get wayne winning uh grand prix but once once he started winning it was all over mm -hmm. and he's very Nobody meticulous else. right i mean i know that working with him yeah so for do sure you. We i do. mean you know, he, he goes oh, through it, things it, it, like, you're like, oh, oh, can we be done? Oh, no, no, oh, let's no. look at, no, so I, I, that had to make him. Let's look at that again. Right. Yeah, let's look at that again. He's like that now. Right. right. Yeah. And I told Lord Marsh, I said, man, I just hope he doesn't want to come for the race uh, around the racetrack now, you know? Right. And that's the way he goes. You know, he just goes from one, he sucks all that in and, and then he goes again. And, and the, not one time I ever said to Wayne, you want to look at the videos? And he went, no, nah, I don't have time for that crap right now. No, it just never happened. Looking every it, time. It never happened. And it, it was always the first one there, last one to leave. So it, it was hard on me uh, to go through all that stuff because I'd rather have been, you know, I had girls waiting outside. And, <laughs> of course. And uh, champagne and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but no, I was stuck in there with a, you know, glass of water uh, <laughs> running through videotapes uh, what what was the feeling like at goodwood with with you and also with wayne were you nervous were you nervous uh, at first yeah sure yeah were you nervous for yourself or nervous for wayne oh what could happen to me <laughs> okay so you were nervous you just wanted it to go well and when it did did you i didn't want a good thing a great thing that uh that goodwood did which is makes all of American people that do these things not even in existence, but uh, Goodwood is, is special, as I said. And I didn't want to see something that special the first time out turn into a disaster. Mm. That's all I was interested in, is where he stopped, where he took off, and where who was going to catch him, and who get him off the bike, when, and, and all that stuff. Once that was all done, then it was, uh, I was fine. Right. But did you feel the <laughs> sense of pride at this event with Wayne that you used to when you, when he would race for you? Yes, of course. Uh, 30 years just disappeared. All right. of a sudden I'm riding up the hill with Wayne. Right. Uh, what isn't the first time I raced up the hill with him. Right. As a matter of fact, he ran into me here, uh, uh, in a super bike race and I was winning, the race, and I told him before he cracked. Aldana took him out, and he was on a super bike. We called them stupid bikes at that time. And uh, <laughs> I said, I went up the course and I follow me. 
And I got to the last corner. It was like two laps to go. And bam, I felt this thing run into me. And I looked, I just straightened up because I knew somebody had hit me. And I looked back and eyes, his eyes were about that big. And he was pedaling, trying to, trying to keep from falling over. And, uh, and that was the first time I, I let him follow me. Uh, and he said, why'd you stop? I go, uh, corner. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that was the first time. So yeah, we go, of course you're nervous and you're, you, you feel, uh, of all them things that, that keeps running back through your brain. Uh, and it, it's like 30 years just went away and I'm, yeah. I'm doing it again. So what cool. I did before. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, Wayne, the bike's really fat. We should, they should lean it down. Everybody's going, no, you lean it down. Right. It was smoking pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I was, oh, I was yeah. on the safe side. <laughs> yeah. My, my face shield, uh, I went, man, what happened to my face shield? Like, oh, that's oil from Wayne's bike. It's like, God. And they wouldn't lean it down. How, how was the jetting on, on the Proton? Was it crisper? Well, it was uh, actually following Wayne. We were going a little bit too slow for it. Um, but, yeah. but me and Swans went up the hill the last run and we, I finally cleaned it out and did a wheelie across the finish line. So, uh, it finally cleaned out. It took that long, but, uh, yeah, there, it's a, it's a, it, it is a really fantastic bike to ride. So I got to ask you about, of course, Kevin was there and, and Michael doing and, and Danny Pedrosa was there as well. Who else was out on the track with you guys? Was that? There was an old guy named Agostini. At, oh, did he go out? <laughs> yeah. 80. Turned 80. Yeah. Did you yeah. MV? Yeah. For MV? the fourth time. <laughs> For the fourth. <laughs> what, what was it like to be among all those guys again? I mean, were you guys bench racing a little bit and talking about things or? Well, me doing and Swans had some time together up on yeah. the hill, uh, bullshitting about old times. Yeah. Um, it seemed like every time we went up the mountain, we got bullshitting faster. Right. <laughs> so it was like getting right down to the bullshit. By yeah. The way. Not, not hey, what's going on? Uh, it was right down to the bullshit. No, we we had a great time. Uh, they all rose to the moment, uh, and 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 that's I don't know. I don't do any other sports. Right. They wanted me to do basketball, but too I, short. Yeah, and so I I don't know, but it, it just seemed like we all were there for the same reason to watch Wayne go up the hill. Yeah, and and it. And that's what I did want to turn into something bad happening. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen bad about riding one of them things, especially in a, a confine like that. And the tires are so, I almost crashed twice <coughs> leaving the pit because the tires are cold and, and who knows how old they are. So the thing went sideways on me. I saw uh, it one time it did. It went yep. right around. Yep. Yeah. You can see good. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, damn, he got out of right quick. there. <laughs> and uh and, and that's the problem with the things is they, they, they do not turn. No no radius to turn. They want you to oh go over there. It's like right. <laughs> it doesn't turn over there. You know, but it that's the kind of things you gotta put up with. That's what I didn't want, Wayne, because if you, you turn the Grand Prix bike, they only turn about that far and then they tip over. So unless you're on a racetrack where you lean them, uh you can't really ride them. Mm. So Yeah, like speed is your friend on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, low gear is 60, 70 mile an hour. So right. when you're trying to ride it at two, they, they just really don't like it. Well, so with, with the Proton, did you, did you shift it at all sure. going up the hill? Where'd you get third? Third maybe? gear, third, third gear, gear, fourth and fifth. You uh, did? After the start finish line. Wow. Okay. That's cool. 
Okay, we're calling this a day. I know. Well, listen, you, we talked about the pride you felt. I mean, I, I feel proud that Five we got a chance yet, to do I need a drink. <laughs> we'll get you on. <laughs> I'm just proud that we had a chance to talk to Kenny Roberts, uh, three-time world champion, uh, 500cc era, and obviously a man be ahead of his time with developing motorcycles and developing riders and everything else this man has done. So he's a national treasure. And Kenny, thank you for being on with us. I know it's a different world with you and Paul, but for me, it's... It's all about the admiration. <laughs> so that's a big word. <laughs> it's four syllables. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for joining us, everybody. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Thanks.